0: Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Hoff. Well, it is about time. And I am stoked after watching what took place yesterday. Congratulations. Finally. Finally, some logic. Finally, some strength. Finally, some leadership. Finally, some reason and rationale actually were provided in the Senate yesterday. Such a stark contrast from what we've been fed by the House managers from the radical, unhinged, anti-Trump left. So we'll talk about that today. You know what? I'm going to say it off the top. Thank you. Thank you, Alan Dershowitz. Thank you, Pam Bondi. Thank you, Trump defense team. I'll even go further and thank Senator... Ted Cruz for a press conference I saw and by the way thank you to Indiana's Senator Mike Braun who was standing behind Ted Cruz as he dealt with some of the silly sophistry nonsense and the rest from the liberal press the liberal media the very uh, corrupted thinking of the media Mike Braun standing right behind him Thank you for that, sir. And um, Anyway, there's there's others that we can thank as well. I just wanted to to say that off of the top. Welcome to the program. Whether you are listening in your car on Freedom 95, K-Y-A-H, in Utah, Freedom 95 in Indianapolis, you're watching us on Facebook Live, whether you're listening as a podcast, it's great to have you. I appreciate you joining us this morning as always. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. I get to those emails. I get to those comments on our website as quick. In fact, I might even read uh, one of the questions that I received yesterday, time permitting, from, uh, I think it was through our website. Might get to that today. Huff Hotline as well, 317 455 As we expand to two hours, which, by the way, happens tomorrow, happens tomorrow we'll be going to a second hour if you want to hear that second hour um, we will uh, tell you how you can do that for those of you who participated in the kickstarter program you'll already be getting your bonuses you'll be able to get our number two um, through the process if you've given, given us your information i've sent out some information to collect your uh, we need some information so that you can we can create an account for you to log in um, so that would have That would have hit your, I don't know, your email maybe a week or so ago, maybe 10 days. I don't have that in front of me. But anyhow, as soon as we have that, we can set you up with an account. You can log in and watch hour two. And fear not, if you did not uh, join us during Kickstarter, you can become an annual uh, member to access all the content that we have on this program on a daily basis through what we're calling total access. So the more information on that, uh, I'll, I'll share that yesterday when that's or yesterday, tomorrow, tomorrow as we as we expand to a second hour, you can um, you can subscribe if if that's what you choose to do. Uh, you'd be well advised to do that as we're expanding to a second hour beginning tomorrow. This has been a long time in the making. Appreciate your patience and for helping us make that possible. So I said off the top, I said off the top that leadership, logic, reason, all finally found themselves onto the Senate floor yesterday as we watched the defense of Trump, Alan Dershowitz, phenomenal job. You know, I want to say this off the top. I am perturbed at Republican senators, not all of them. I mentioned a a couple and there's others uh, that have surprised me. Um, There's others that have encouraged me, but there's some that have absolutely, you know what, I'm going to be honest, ticked me off. I'm just going to be candid. They've they've ticked me off. This is the moment, folks. If you are a senator in the United States, if you are a Republican senator, if you've watched what has transpired these three-plus years of Donald J. Trump being president, if you've watched the insatiable, nonstop, never-ending assaults, attacks, negative coverage, you know, the way that they've maligned the president, misrepresented the president, Now the president says things, does things that deserve to be discussed in the media. Criticism, of course, is part of being president of the United States. That comes with the territory. I guess unless you're President Obama and you've got a nice jump shot and you speak well, then that, of course, gets you adoration and praise from the media. But I digress. I digress. So, but it's part, it comes with the territory. But when you have 93% or whatever it is today, negative coverage in the press, when you've had nonstop investigations, nonstop, folks, since the day he set foot into the office, actually before this stuff was all put into motion, Russian collusion, that stupid narrative. The only thing that is stupider than Russian collusion may be, uh, may be Ukrainian collusion, which is now apparently an impeachable offense. But we actually had a Democrat. Think about this. Let this sink in. Let this sink in for a moment. We had a Democrat who admitted on the Senate floor yesterday, Alan Dershowitz, who's part of Trump's legal team, who's laying out the constitutional case that says that this does not warrant, even if Trump's guilty of everything he's been accused of in the articles of impeachment. Even if he's guilty of all the things that Allen, or excuse me, Adam Schiff and his uh, band of crazy leftist brothers on stage up there, as they conduct their performance in this very poorly orchestrated political theater, even as he he and the rest of them articulate true nonsense, true nonsense uh, from from the platform, from the stage, from the podium. Even as all this is going down, Dershowitz says, look, right again, Dershowitz, liberal Democrat, voted for Hillary. In fact, he even said yesterday he stood up against impeachment um, of of Bill Clinton. He's standing up against the impeachment of Donald Trump. He respected and had, what did he say, Uh, what the word he used was, but he was basically he liked Bill Clinton. Trump. Yeah, he's not necessarily a Trump supporter, but as far as it comes to making this an impeachable offense, he says no way. No way should this be the case. You have a liberal Democrat who voted for Hillary Clinton, who's not part of the resistance, who hasn't um, – I don't know, who hasn't lost his mind telling the American people that Trump is a dictator, and Nazi, and authoritarian – totalitarian right it's funny how the radical left they idolize the true authoritarians and dictators around the world they don't have a problem or they excuse behavior exhibited by some of these maniacs like fidel castro for example the love and respect that they have towards uh, the cuban government compared to what they have for the trump administration is is mind-boggling at best but Dershowitz is a radical liberal, and he's up there telling folks that the impeachment of President Trump is wrong. And we got—I got lots of sound bites today, lots and lots of sound bites that we're going to get to. Meanwhile, I see and I hear crickets. I hear literal crickets. They're not even metaphorical crickets. I think I really hear crickets coming from some of these senators' offices, Republican senators. It takes a liberal Democrat – let that sink in. It takes a liberal Democrat to defend President Trump more so than some of our sitting Republican senators. As they hide, they refuse to go out onto media, they refuse to make the case, they refuse to stand firm, they refuse to draw a line in the sand. And this isn't all of them. In fact, in a lot of ways, they've stood stronger than they ever have before. And that, again, is thanks to the leadership. I'm telling you, it is because of President Trump. This guy has emboldened other groups of politicians, in this case senators, because he has walked through the fire time and time and time again. Now, they don't like it. It's uncomfortable. They still don't want to be associated in many ways, but they have been emboldened, at least in small ways, at least at least enough to stand relatively firm thus far through this process. Now, we're going to get to witnesses. In fact, we've already got two folks, Romney and Susan Collins, who have said that they at least are leaning towards wanting to to call in witnesses, which we'll talk about as the program comes together. But right now, I want to praise and thank – I shouldn't say – well, I want to applaud Senator Dershowitz for – doing what he did as a liberal democrat as a liberal democrat meanwhile i see some republican senators hiding refusing media appearances not wanting to come out and lead kudos again to senator cruz senator mike braun others that stood at that podium yesterday uh, talking about some of the nonsense they've been subjected to some of the logic and rationale That was actually being articulated by the president's defense team yesterday. Again, Pam Bondi, Alan Dershowitz, and the like. But I'm sick of these senators who decide to hide. I'm sick of these senators who want to sit on their backside as this quickly begins to reach a fevered pitch. This is about to get really, really, really intense as we move to witnesses. And look, I understand... Two thirds. We're still a far cry from that, from removal from office. But I also find it quite ironic. You ever think about this? The book, the book leak yesterday, right? The, the alleged leak. Who knows? We don't know. John Bolton's book apparently says quid pro quo. Trump absolutely withheld aid from Ukraine over the. Refusal or over the you know statement that he was uh, demanding that they announce an investigation into Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. Apparently, this Bolton book, uh, as it was going through the approval process, someone's leaked this allegedly. Who knows? To the New York Times, they didn't actually even leak it. They just told the New York Times what it said. So the New York Times wants you to believe, and maybe this is true. We have no way of knowing, but it's awfully convenient. That's really my point here. Quite convenient that just yesterday they happened to find a way to release parts of this book as we're in the midst of the impeachment trial. I mean, call me crazy. It almost looks orchestrated. So you've got this leaking of what allegedly Bolton's book says. Perfect timing. No problem with this. This is, of course, acceptable. Uh, This is uh, defensible and so forth. This is to be believed. We're supposed to believe a book that we haven't seen, read, or heard heard of yet. We can't corroborate this. We're supposed to believe reporters who cite unnamed witnesses who tell us without providing evidence of what they read in a book. And we may find out it comes to say that. It's just – it's remarkable to me. One side is actually using logic, reason, and the like. The other using innuendo and – things that are not really evidence no career no clear crime no clear allegation just a bunch of smoke and mirrors kind of like russian collusion oh he colluded with russia that sounds bad you start to write down on paper what happened and you realize i gotta cite pokemon go ads you realize right then and there that this is this is too uh too much of a fantasy for an average logically based thinking american can believe but it still st- sticks with some people. So this saga continues. When we get back, I gotta take a break here. When we get back, I want to get to some of these sound bites. I want to get to sound bites from Dershowitz. I want to get to sound bites from Pam Bondi. I want to get to a sound bite from Ted Cruz as he is uh, fighting the media and framing this properly. Thanks again, Senator Tr- Ted Cruz. Thanks again, Senator Mike Braun. For those in the U.S. Senate who want to sit by and quietly. Not stand up for the nonsense we've been subjected to, and defend the logic of what we heard yesterday. You should be taking notes from these folks that stood strongly. <clears throat> this is what leadership looks like, by the way, and it's pathetic. It is pathetic when folks in the Senate <clears throat> don't follow suit and take the same action. So that being said, I'm going to take a timeout when we get back. We're going to play some. Some of these sound bites talk about this again yesterday. I think was a slam dunk Uh, Very well done By lots of players involved We'll talk about that when we return You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk I am your host, Todd Huff Back in just a minute So now I want to talk a little bit about what we saw, what you may not have seen yesterday. You know, look, we—it's not feasible for the average person to sit here, uh, nor nor is it advisable, candidly, to sit here and watch this entire proceeding, especially since it's predicated on the nonsense that is predicated upon. But that being said, that being said, yesterday was, I think, a major, humongous victory, and we're going to get to the connection. To the Bidens, uh, this, was, this was addressed yesterday, the Bidens and the, the, the framework of Burisma, Joe Biden's involvement in U- Ukraine, which was considered one of the most corrupt countries in the world at the time of Joe Biden's presidency. Pam Bonney laid that case out really well yesterday. Again, she did a fantastic job. But I want to start before we get to Burisma. I want to start to something more fundamental, and that is Alan Dershowitz's argument that even if the president is guilty of all these things that he's been accused accused of doing by the House managers, the radical left, and so forth, even if he's guilty, this does not justify impeachment. So I want to talk about. There's going to be three bites, sound bites I play from Dershowitz. One is talking about the precedent, the standard, the bar. Another addresses the so-called revelations from the Bolton book, which miraculously hit yesterday. I mean, the timing of the radical left is so amazing, so coincidental that that was leaked yesterday, violating, by the way, John Bolton and his – well, we think. Who knows what actually happened here? Who knows? Uh, But we've got the Bolton revelations. And then Dershowitz also talks about a list of presidents who would have been impeached had the founders viewed impeachment through the lens, the same lens that the modern political left does, those House managers, those House Democrats. He lists some of the presidents, and it's quite a long list, actually, of presidents who would have been impeached um, under the same logic And uh, if the founders had, in fact, wanted that to be the case. There would be a whole long line of—a whole list of people who would have been impeached and removed from office at this particular point. So I want to start—this is Dershowitz talking about kind of the precedent— ...of the articles of impeachment, why the House managers are wrong in even trying to make the case uh, on the grounds that they're making this case. So he says this yesterday. This is about a minute and 10 seconds or so. Yesterday from the, uh, from the Senate floor, Alan Dershowitz.
1: For the Senate to remove a duly elected president on vague non-constitutional grounds, such as abuse of power or obstruction of Congress, would create a dangerous conduct, precedent and be construed in the words of Senator James N. Grimes into approval of impeachment as part of future political machinery. This is a realistic threat to all future presidents who serve with opposing legislative majorities that could easily concoct vague charges of abuse or obstruction. The fact that a long list of presidents that were accused of abuse of power were not impeached demonstrates how selectively this term has and can be used in the context of impeachment. I'm sorry, House House managers, you just picked the wrong criteria. You picked the most dangerous possible criteria to serve as a precedent for how we supervise and oversee future presidents. The idea of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress are so far from what the framers had in mind that they so clearly violate the Constitution and would place Congress above the law.
0: Okay, so he's looking at the House managers as he's at the podium yesterday in the Senate. Again, this is Alan Dershowitz, right? liberal Alan Dershowitz, law professor Alan Dershowitz, Hillary supporter Alan Dershowitz, Bill Clinton supporter Alan Dershowitz, from the Senate floor yesterday, sounding like he's defending President Trump. Of course, that's his job as he's on the defense team, but defending him much more so than some of these uh, other Republicans in the Senate and even in the House, for that matter. And when I say that, look, I understand some will say, oh, but my job is to be uh, an impartial jurist. Well, your job is also to be uh, one who stands up for reason. One that stands up for, well, the Constitution, a process that's a complete sham and political weapon from the beginning. You ought to be able to stand up and say that for what it is. You've seen this from a distance. I mean apparently the left has enough information, enough evidence to be ready to convict, but somehow we don't have – some of our senators don't have enough uh, to say this is totally fabricated nonsense. They've listened to the whole arguments by the left. There's really there's really nothing left to consider. That's why this whole witness thing is it's going to be blown out of proportion. They're going to say Republicans are trying to sweep it under the rug and all of that and that's why it's quite possible that we end up having witnesses. But but the 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 truth of the matter is they Democrats have never made their case. And even if they did, I'm telling you, what we heard yesterday should blow to smithereens whatever it is that the left is trying to accuse the president of doing and, by extension, saying that it is an impeachable – well, not just impeachable, worthy of removing removing him from office. So Dershowitz says this is dangerous. This is not the precedent that the founders wanted to set. These issues should be political. Go out on the campaign trail and say that President Trump was abusing his power. Go out on the campaign trail and say that President Trump was targeting Joe Biden because he was a political adversary and he wanted to uh, harm him, harm his chances of defeating him or you know, uh, make it easier for Trump to win in the 2020 election. Go ahead and make that case. Try to persuade the American people. But Dershowitz says this is not the type of precedent – This is not the level of criteria the founders envisioned that would be necessary to remove a president from office. So more from Dershowitz when we return, but I've got to take a timeout. Got to take a quick timeout, and um, also want to get to some sound bites from Pam Bondi and Senator Ted Cruz yesterday as he addressed the media in the wake of this continued impeachment trial. But we'll get to those things when we return. You're listening to conservative not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. All right, welcome back. So I want to continue our discussion here with or about yesterday's impeachment proceedings, the defense of President Donald J. Trump. Again, I applaud Senator Dershowitz for his efforts. I applaud Pam Bondi. I applaud the the Trump defense team. I want to get to one soundbite here, two more, two more, I should say. One of these is, again, both of these are from Dershowitz, but one of these is addressing uh, the revelations from Bolton's book, if we are to believe those, who knows? Who knows? It's just incredibly timely. Oh, my goodness. The, just the, the amount of luck that's on the side of the political left that this was leaked right in the middle, right in the middle of the Trump defense team's uh, – well, defense of President Trump. I mean, If you didn't know better, you'd almost think this was orchestrated. Anyway, so Dershowitz addresses this from the floor of the Senate yesterday, and here's what he says.
1: It follows from this that if a president, any president, were to have done what the Times reported about the contact of the Bolton manuscript, that would not constitute an impeachable offense. Let me repeat. Nothing in the Bolton revelations, even if true, would rise to the level of an abuse of power or an impeachable offense. That is clear from the history, that is clear from the language of the Constitution. You cannot turn conduct that is not impeachable into impeachable conduct simply by using words like quid pro quo and personal benefit. It is inconceivable that the framers would have intended so politically loaded and promiscuously deployed a term as abuse of power to be weaponized as a tool of impeachment. It is precisely the kind of vague, open-ended, and subjective term that the framers feared
0: and rejected. Okay. So even if, he says, even if the things that were leaked in Bolton's book yesterday... Even if those are true, even if those things are true, they're not impeachable. goes back to Dershowitz's original argument. This is not what the founders intended. These are political matters. These matters should be addressed by the voters, by the people, as they determine who they want to be, their commander-in-chief, who they want to be president of the United States, head of the executive branch. These are political issues. He goes further, and I like this in particular. Dershowitz says, to further illustrate my point, let me go through a list of presidents that would have been impeached, who, by the way, were not impeached. Didn't have to go through the same series of nonsense that you're making President Trump go through. If these folks had Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler in their Congress, thank heaven they didn't. But these folks would have been impeached as well. He lists the president's. Here.
1: I will now give you a list of presidents who, in our history, have been accused of abusing their power, who would be subject to impeachment under the House manager's view of the Constitution. George Washington, refusal to turn over documents related to the Jay Treaty. John Adams, signing and enforcing the Alien and Sedition Laws. Thomas Jefferson, purchasing Louisiana without congressional authorization. I'll go on. John Quincy Adams. Martin Van Buren, John Tyler. Arbitrary, despotic, and corrupt use of the veto power. James Polk. Here I quote Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln accused Polk of abusing his power of his office, contemptuously disregarding the Constitution, usurping the role of Congress, and assuming the role of dictator. He didn't seek to impeach him. He just sought to defeat him. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was accused of abusing his power for suspending the writ of habeas corpus during the Civil War. President Grant, Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, William Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Franklin Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan. Quote, concerning Iran-Contra, Then now I say Professor Lawrence Tribe, said the following, quote, Therein lies what appears to be the most serious breach of duty by the president, a breach that may well entail an impeachable abuse of power. George H.W. Bush. The following was released today by the Clinton-Gore campaign. In the past weeks, Americans have begun to learn the extent to which George Bush and his administration have abused their governmental power for political purposes. That's how abuse of power should be used, as campaign rhetoric. It should be in statements issued by one political party against the other. That's the nature of the term. Abuse of power is a political weapon.
0: And it should be leveled against political opponents. Let the public decide. That's right. Let the public decide. Let the public decide. He makes a pretty compelling case. I know some folks, oh, we can't, we can't allow this. The Congress has to be able to have some discretion in these matters. I mean, especially when Trump's trying to interfere and undermine our election process. Look, it's amazing to me. It truly is. It's amazing to me how one side, one side can engage in countless investigations, nonstop investigations about made up fantasy nonsense, tinfoil hat kind of stuff. Literally, Russian collusion, tinfoil hat stuff, folks, even if Trump did what they accused him of doing. How in the world did it make people in the states of Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, wherever else that they think that this happened? How did it trick them into pressing the wrong button for the president? I mean for for President Trump instead of Hillary. It's remarkable to think how far they've gotten with this nonsense. And I'll say this. I think it's only served to encourage encourage the radical left and the media to come up with more nonsense when they see people buying this stuff hook line and sinker you know there's a saying there's a saying that i think is absolutely true the mind will justify what the heart desires say that again you have probably heard this before you may have heard it before the mind will justify what the heart desires these folks they desire president trump to be out of office so strongly that they can be convinced of any number of things And the mind can justify what the heart desires to no end here. To no end. Especially when you factor in that some of these folks, the radical left, view the government. I've had some agree with me. Some radical left, uh, people who identify as being radical leftists, tell me that I'm right. They do view that as their religion, or at least the closest thing that they can relate to religion. So when you figure, when you figure that they see that as strongly as they do, and their desires to not have someone like President Trump at the helm are so strong, their mind will justify anything, anything Adam Schiff says, anything Jerry Nadler says, anything Nancy Pelosi says, anything AOC says, anything Bernie Sanders says, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, and the rest. All right, enough about Dershowitz. When we get back, I want to shift to Burisma. This is the central part of this entire thing. And for those who say that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden have nothing to do with this impeachment saga, impeachment dealings, they are absolutely unequivocally wrong. We'll talk about that when we return. You are listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Be careful out there, by the way, if you're listening while driving or operating heavy machinery, because studies have shown that listening can in fact cause you to lean to the right. Back here in just a minute. This all revolves around Burisma too. Pam Bondi yesterday from the floor of the Senate kind of laying out the facts. I got to uh, get to this quickly and I'm not going to be able to get to the Ted Cruz uh, soundbites, maybe save those for tomorrow, simply running out of time. But this is what Pam Bondi says from the floor, defending the president and talking about Burisma and why, in fact, it does matter why it's now made relevant because of the case made by the left. She points out earlier in this soundbite that Democrats over the course of their 24 hours or 21 hours, I think, of testimony or not testimony, but their opening statement they referenced Burisma and the Bidens 400 times, 400 times. And so she says it's relevant. Let's go to the facts now of Burisma and the Bidens, and she lays them out here.
2: Let's look at the facts. In early 2014, Joe Biden, our vice president of the United States, led the United States foreign policy in Ukraine with the goal of rooting out corruption. According to an annual study published by Transparency International, During this time, Ukraine was one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world. In Ukraine, there's a natural gas company called Burisma. Burisma has been owned by an oligarch named Mykola Solchevsky. Here's what happened very shortly after Vice President Biden was made US point man for Ukraine. His son, Hunter Biden, ends up on the board of Burisma working for and paid by the oligarch Zolchevsky. In February 2014, in the wake of anti-corruption uprising by the people of Ukraine, Zolchevsky flees the country, flees Ukraine. Zolchevsky, the oligarch, is well known. George Kent The very first witness that the Democrats called during their public hearings testified Zolchevsky stood out for his self-dealings, even among other oligarchs. House managers didn't tell you that. Ambassador Kurt Volkler explained that Burisma had a, quote, very bad reputation as a company for corruption and money laundering end quote. House managers didn't tell you that. Barisma was so corrupt that George Kent said he intervened to prevent USAID from co-sponsoring an, an event with Burisma. Do you know what this event was? It was a child's contest, and the prize was a camera. They were so bad, Barisma, that our country wouldn't even co sponsor a children's event with Burisma. In March 2014, the United Kingdom's Serious Fraud Office opens a money laundering investigation into the oligarch, Solchevsky, and his company, Burisma. The very next month, April 2014, according to a public report, Hunter Biden quietly joins the board of Burisma. Remember, early 2014 was when Vice President Biden began leading Ukraine policy.
0: Okay, stop. This goes on for a while, but you get the gist of this, right? You get the gist that we're just running out of time here. Pam Bondi is saying, look, Burisma was run by a bad guy. Burisma was corrupt. Biden wasn't involved. Hunter Biden wasn't involved until Joe Biden was dispatched. To be the liaison or the lead with Ukraine to apparently, apparently, if you want to believe this, uh, clean up some corruption in Ukraine. This, of course, is where Biden uh, tells the story where he said, look, I told him this prosecutor has gone. Get him out of here. I'm holding the, I'm withholding a billion dollars of aid from you. Right. That's what this all stemmed from. So Hunter Biden doesn't enter the board of directors until after his dad becomes involved with the the nation of Ukraine to clean up corruption. I mean, see, folks, this is what this is the anatomy of what something inappropriate looks like. This is the anatomy. Now, they'll tell you all the reason the reason that Hunter Biden was involved was to clean this up. Oh, yes because they were in being investigated for money laundering and things like that prior to, the month before. Now, let me ask you this. If, if you were about to join the board of directors for a nation, and the month before they fell under uh, investigation for money laundering, would that make you more willing or less willing to want to be involved with this? Again, I think there were only five board members. Hunter Biden's one of these. Apparently couldn't find another person in the world capable of cleaning up this mess it had to be Hunter Biden it had to be the president of the uh, the son of the president vice president of the United States had to be a month or two after Biden got involved and there's a lot more to this i simply don't have time to get there but for the president this is the point for the president to know this and not do anything seems to me to be more of a problem than the president knowing about it and saying hey What's going on here? Why are we allowing this? There's plenty of other reasons besides Trump trying to steal the 2020 election from Joe Biden that would justify his actions on this. Anyway, I gotta take a time out. Just simply out of time, you're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, don't have time to get to the press conference from Ted Cruz. I'll put that on my list of things to possibly get to tomorrow. Possibly. You have to give me some leeway here. Although tomorrow is the first day of our second hour, so maybe we will get to that. Just have to to make sure that we give ourselves time for anything else that may develop here over the course of the next 24 hours or so. So, anyway... Tomorrow again as hour two for the program. I just want to take a moment to thank to thank you um, as we've been on this journey, this adventure, and now we're starting to expand uh, the program. We've got a lot of exciting things on the horizon. I think I had mentioned before that we now have a sales director, so some of those responsibilities are uh, coming off of my back as John begins to help the program grow. Have other. Lots of other things on the horizon as, as well. And, of course, the second hour is one of those first steps. So thank you for, for your patience. For, thank you for helping us make that possible. I'm grateful for you, the listener. I'm grateful to the station. I'm grateful to our advertisers. Guys, this is a lot of fun. Thank you for making that possible. Have a great day. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. SDG. Take care.